It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, is there any salvaging of this season from disappointment? A giant what if? And do we want Paris? It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to all of your podcasts. You can get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. And then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page. That would be at JMCH316. So is there any salvaging of this season for the Atlanta Hawks. Look, we know the Hawks now, really everything is just kind of falling in line with the Eastern Conference, right? So we now know that Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, that's one, two, three, right? Hawks are in the play-in tournament, pretty much guaranteed that Toronto and the Chicago Bulls are your 9-10, and then Miami is your, who won the division, that's your seven and eight seed. So most likely... Tuesday night is going to be Miami hosting the Atlanta Hawks in the 7-8 matchup. If the Hawks lose that matchup, they'll have one more shot in the play-in where they will host the winner of Toronto and Chicago, and that will be on Friday night. Got all that? Confused yet? Again, this is what happens when you have to be part of this Fakakta play-in system, right? All these stupid play-in games just to get to the first round of the NBA playoff season, right? And that's what we had to do last year. That's what we had to do this year. I'm here to tell you, though, that literally, I, I what would be success for the Atlanta Hawks this year, okay? I, I think if they get to the second round of the playoffs, that would be a success for the Atlanta Hawks, okay? So here's why. So you have to win one or either you win on Tuesday against Miami or you win on Friday against the winner of Toronto and Chicago, okay? That gets you in the first round of the tournament. Now, you're either going to play Milwaukee or Boston if you're in the first round of the NBA playoffs. And obviously, if we're going to the second round of the NBA playoffs, that means we either beat, uh, well, you got to win one play-in game for sure, but you either we win one play-in game, play two total, and then you have to beat Boston or Milwaukee. That's where the Hawks are at right now. So anything short of that, whether we get knocked out in the play-in round, whether we get beat up in the first round by the Bucks or the Celtics, none of that is going to translate into success. Unless you beat Milwaukee or Boston and get to the second round of the NBA playoffs, nothing about this season is a success. And that's really what it's going to take. Now think about the task at hand to do that. 
okay, you know, you're going to Miami where you don't play well and you don't match up very well with the Miami Heat, okay? So if you lose that game, all right, Toronto, Chicago, you could probably win that game. But, you know, Toronto's at about the same level that you are. And with Siakam and those guys, okay, nothing is guaranteed. But, okay, you could probably win that game. And then you're sitting, if you win on Tuesday against Miami, you'll take on the Celtics at that point. If you lose and you got to win on Friday, then you're going to take on Milwaukee. Well, how do we match up with Milwaukee and Boston? Eh, not very well. You know, we'll see the Celtics in the final game of the regular season when we go play them. And that's going to, that's not only a nationally televised ESPN game, that's going to look like a G League game when all is said and done. Because if the Hawks are going to turn right back around and play on Sunday, then have to play on Tuesday, you're not going to run up your guys up and down because there's probably going to be nothing to play for. You know, and the 76ers are most likely tonight with the Hawks. They're going to have a G League team because they're locked into the three spot. So they're going to have a G League looking, you know, roster out there tonight, just like they did with the Washington Generals or the Washington Wizards or whatever they're called the other night. So none of this is setting up to be a very easy run. But if the Hawks are going to have any sort of success that they can build on through the summer or take, you know, take heart in, then that's what it's got to be. Because otherwise, this has been a flop. Adding DeJounte Murray, John Collins having his second lowest scoring season in his career, Trey Young and his shooting issues, and all this, that, and the other, it's all led to just a bunch of hooey at the end of the year. And again, I'm of the mindset of I want to get this season over with sooner than later. Yeah, okay, we're in playing games and all this kind of stuff, and maybe we advance the first round. But we're not going anywhere in the NBA playoffs. Hawks are not going to make a great run and get to the Eastern Conference Finals and all. That that's a that feels like a lifetime ago. Feels like a lifetime ago for what this franchise is. So short of getting to the second round of the playoffs, which would be a hell of an accomplishment. I mean, when you think about it, you know, if you could either beat Miami or beat Toronto, most likely, you know, again. Bulls, Toronto, who cares about that game? But let's just say either beat Miami or beat Toronto, and then you beat either the Celtics or the Milwaukee Bucks. That'd be a pretty good accomplishment for this team. And it would tell you that, okay, it would probably give you more hope going into the offseason saying, okay, we can match up with some of the top teams in the Eastern Conference if we can get things figured out, get it together, get everybody back. But again, then you start saying, well, okay, either which one are we? Either we are a team that can play with anybody in the Eastern Conference with our full complement of players, or we haven't been consistent enough, so we need to start making some changes. Because I'll give you the three names, okay? Clint Capella, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins. One of those three guys is not going to be here next year. One of those three players is not going to be here. I can't even begin to tell you which one of those players because they're all on good size contracts and things like that. Hawks still owe $75 million to John Collins. DeAndre Hunter is in the first, you know, he's going to be in the first year of his whatever $90 million plus dollar extension. So 
he's going to go up to a $21 million player. And Capella, I think, has two years left where he's $24 million or something like that. And he's getting a little bit longer in the tooth and a little bit older. But I'll say that one of those three guys is not going to be here. Because what would be the point? What would be the point? You know, if you brought in Quinn Snyder to evaluate this roster with a quarter of the season left, and that's going to be the other thing to really sort out, is at the end of the year, does Quinn Snyder have a hand in personnel and things like that? Because as of right now, he doesn't. He doesn't. And that's going to be the first thing. Well, the the, the two biggest things that we have to decide on in this offseason, okay? Number one, is Tony Ressler going to go into the luxury tax? That's the first thing that has to be decided. Before you decide on anybody with your roster, okay? Before you decide on what's going to happen, you have to decide if Tony Ressler is going to go in the luxury tax, number one. And number two is, what kind of influence or voice is Quinn Snyder going to have in personnel? Because as of right now, based upon things, okay, and again, things will change, but he doesn't really have a voice. That's Kyle Corver. That's Landry Fields. Fields is the GM. Corver is the, you know, assistant GM. He's in charge of all basketball operations, according to Tony Ressler. Okay. He's also got the title of president of basketball operations. Okay. So everything is made based upon what Landry Fields, and then he consults with Kyle Corver. As of now, Quinn Snyder doesn't have a hand in all this. So there's going to be a lot of changes to the offseason. Let's get there sooner than later. Can I be honest with you? Can we get there sooner than later instead of dragging this thing out for the next week, two weeks where, you know, listen, it may, you know, it may be a situation where we lose in the play-in tournament or we lose to Milwaukee, we lose to Boston. But again, pretty much nothing is going to salvage this season unless we can get to the second round of the NBA playoffs. All right, let's talk about our friends over at FanDuel. Listen, FanDuel is America's number one sports book, and as the NBA playoffs are about to get cranked up and started, when you go to FanDuel.com and sign up as a new customer, you can claim your no-sweat first bet where you can get as much as $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. You can bet on everything from money lines to prop bets to the winners, everything in between. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N and claim your no sweat first bet where if your first bet doesn't win, you can get as much as $1,000 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook betting partner of the NBA. So I'm going to give you a gargantuan-sized what-if, okay? So we... We think, or I know fans from this standpoint, want the Atlanta Falcons to trade back, okay? Now, if you're talking about trading back, you have to, on the flip side of that equation, have to have somebody that wants to trade up. And if the four quarterbacks are all gone by the time the Falcons pick at eight, with all due respect, why is somebody trading up to eight? 
let me give you this scenario, okay? If we believe some of the reports, Josh Kendall among others, I've seen some other reports that say that the Falcons won't select Jalen Carter even if he's there at number eight. Now, again, my personal opinion, Jalen Carter doesn't get past five to the Seattle Seahawks or probably past six to the Detroit Lions. I think one of those teams will pick him before he comes to eight. But again, we're talking about a hypothetical what if, okay? What if Jalen Carter falls to the Falcons at eight? If the Falcons are not in the business of selecting Jalen Carter, the team right behind him probably is. And we see this, this is the type of trades that we see most often in the NFL draft is the swapping of one spot, right? We've seen that multiple. When the Buccaneers and the San Francisco 49ers, a couple few years ago, when the Buccaneers selected Tristan Wirfs, they traded from 14 to 13, grabbed Wirfs. The 49ers traded back to 14, one pick, they got Javon Kinlaw. You know, we see this more than anything. It's rare that we see that fact that they went from nine to one for the Carolina Panthers to get up, but that's because of quarterback. Short of trying to get a quarterback, we don't see jumps from nine to one. And we don't see jumps from 15, 16, even up to eight. It's just too much draft capital that you have to give up. But we oftentimes see the flipping of picks. And I wonder if the Falcons, if Jalen Carter falls to eight, wouldn't make a deal with the Chicago Bears because the Bears have talked about the idea of they could be in the Jalen Carter business. They weren't going to go quarterback in the draft. They may covet him. I know some teams have Jalen Carter off their board. But if that case, if that scenario happens and Jalen Carter falls to eight, now, look, personally, I want to draft Jalen Carter, okay? I, if, if he is sitting there at eight, I'm on him all day long. Like, if he's sitting, if I'm the general manager of the Atlanta Falcons and he falls to eight, okay, I immediately write his name on the card and I start doing, you know, Patrick Swayze from um, Dirty Dancing hopping and skipping and flipping up to the stage to hand the commissioner my pick. I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be doing sprints and, and tumble salts and backflips and everything like that, handing my, the commissioner the card. But we've heard lots of reports that, and, and more than just one person reporting it, that the Falcons would pass him by. If that's the case, why not make a deal with the Chicago Bears? Now, the draft value process okay the eighth pick is worth 1400 points the ninth pick is worth 1350 points the bears pick first in the third round that pick is more valuable than the difference that pick is worth 270 points so most likely you're probably looking at in all honesty swapping you know the the eighth and ninth pick and then you pick up the Bears' fourth and fifth round picks in this year's draft. So would it make more sense for the Falcons to draft Jalen Carter at number eight or accumulate an additional 
fourth or fifth round pick if you don't want to draft him and you make a deal with one spot for the Bears who could very well take him at number nine. I don't think the Bears, if he's there at, at nine, I can't believe that the Bears wouldn't grab him. Having lost Roquan and Floyd and all these guys, they got to rebuild sort of their defensive line, right? And obviously they've lost, you know, Khalil Mack and all these different things. So they're looking at trying to improve their defensive line, defensive and offensive line. That could be a possibility. I know it's a lot of what if scenarios, but if the Falcons aren't going to draft Jalen Carter, I don't know why. I mean, again, I, I don't understand the reasoning, but look, Josh Kendall is, you know, again, and some of these other guys, I don't think that these guys are all hot takey. I don't think that they are just putting information out there that they don't have some good sourcing behind or, you know, they feel like that it's accurate sourcing. I don't think that that's, that's the case is just they're, they're putting something out there just for the sake of being a hot take guy. You know, they, they have some information that they believe to be true or they've heard from some different people on the inside that, you know, this is potentially going to happen. I know it's a big what if. And me personally, I'm running with Jalen Carter up there. Now, again, I don't think at the end of the day it's going to all happen. But the idea of the Falcons, you know, well, the Falcons should, you know, trade back and accumulate picks. Well, who wants to trade up? See, that's always the, that's always the question when fans say, well, you know, they need to trade back. Okay, but who wants to trade up? Because you have to give up a lot of draft capital. The, again, even when the Falcons, you know, it was rumored that the Falcons may be interested in going up to number one. There's really no truth to that rumor, but going up to number one and getting the Bears pick. The entire draft for the Falcons, the entire draft for the Atlanta Falcons wasn't worth as much as what the first overall pick was worth. First overall pick, I think, was 4,000 points. The Falcons had 2,400 points with the eighth pick and every other pick in their draft, 8, 44, 75. Go through the entire draft. Those picks were only worth like 2,400 points. The first overall picks worth like 4,000. So you'd have had to give up like what the Panthers gave up, multiple first-round picks. And, you know, again, if it wasn't a first-round pick, a third first-round pick, you have to give up a D, uh, DJ Moore, right? Or, you know, again, you know, for the Falcons, somebody who's a, a good player. Because they gave up more. They gave up, you know, multiple picks and things like that to go up from nine to one. So, again, I, I love the idea in theory about getting to a, a, a lower spot in the draft and accumulating picks, but you have to have somebody to do that. And I think that the only hope that if the Falcons aren't going to take Carter, maybe if he falls, they could work out something with the Bears. That would be a more likely trade scenario than the idea of the Falcons dropping back five, six, eight, ten spots in the draft. All right, let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. Listen, everybody's trying to get a little bit healthier, trying to eat a little bit better, and you're looking for those good snacks that are high protein, low calorie, low sugar, and different things like that. So Built Bar's got you covered, whether it's the protein-infused marshmallow puffs, whether it's your traditional Built Bar protein bars, Head to built.com today. Check out their wide range of flavors. They're always adding new flavors. So check out their wide range of flavors. Head to built.com today. Or now you can head both to Walmart in the pharmacy section, grab you a box of built bars, 
or head to Sam's Club and grab you a box of Built Bars. So whether you want to go the traditional brick and mortar route and go to the store and grab your box of Built Bars from Sam's Club, Walmart, or you want to go to Built.com, now you have the option to do it either way. All the great products that they have, protein bars, marshmallow puffs, all of the great things that are available. Head to Built.com today. Check out their wide selection and get your snacks today. So the famous movie, Casablanca, there was a one of the more famous lines in movie history and in that movie, okay, was when Humphrey Bogart looked at Ingrid Bergman and said to her, we'll always have Paris. Well, let's translate that into more modern terms. Do we want Paris, okay? And I'm talking about Paris Johnson for the Atlanta Falcons. Now, this is from the Bussin' with the Boys podcast, okay? Um, which I think is, um, who was it? Taylor Lewan and, and Will Compton, that they do this podcast. And they had Paris Johnson, the big offensive tackle from Ohio State. And when he was on that podcast with them, he talked about his top three preferred draft destinations. He had the Chicago Bears. He had the Tennessee Titans. And then he also had the Atlanta Falcons. Now, again, we've talked about the idea of, hmm, Calais Campbell had other options, had other suitors and different things like that. But once Arthur Blank talked to him and convinced him to be a part of this franchise, you know, doing your off the field stuff, obviously contributing on the field and Paris, or sorry, uh, Calais Campbell talking about all of the contributions that the, that, or I should say the, the, um, that the, uh, the Falcons are going to surprise people and all these different kinds of things. Now we're hearing one of the top tackles in the upcoming draft, Paris Johnson, saying that one of his preferred destinations is the Atlanta Falcons. Would I be in line to take a Paris Johnson if I'm the general manager of the Atlanta Falcons? If you got a guy like that that wants to be here, I got no problem with selecting a Paris Johnson. Now, here's the thing about Paris Johnson. Well, he's an offensive tackle. Okay. But he did play a season as a guard. Played He played right guard for a season with Ohio State. So he does have some experience. I think he started 13, 14 games at right guard for Ohio State. And again, when you get to these upper tier programs, Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, a lot of times that they take their high caliber, five-star quality offensive linemen, and because they have their five-star caliber offensive tackle, those guys will play inside to learn you know, how to play different positions and then kick to the outside, right? We saw the same thing with Jake Matthews. Jake Matthews was a right tackle early in his college career because Luke Jokel was arguably the best left tackle in college football. And then once Jokel went to the NFL, he slid over to the left tackle spot and secured that and became a first-round pick for the Atlanta Falcons. But I got no issue, again, line of scrimmage, line of scrimmage, line of scrimmage. And if the plan is, okay, drafting Paris Johnson, putting him at left guard, and then I've got Jake, Paris Johnson, Dolman, uh, Lindstrom, and McGarry, and then if McGarry, depending on what happens to him, 
okay, if he can't build off of what he did last year, or if we become a little bit more balanced pass offense where his flaws and his warts become more exposed, you know, again, if you put him in a phone booth and allow him to just run block, then he is a really good offensive lineman. But you start to get speed rushers off the edge and doing all these different things. That's where all the trouble comes. So, you know, again, the Falcons don't have a long, long-term commitment to a Caleb McGarry. And maybe you slide Paris Johnson inside for a year or two and see what you have. Would I rather have Paris Johnson playing left guard than Jalen Mayfield, Justin Schaefer, Matt Hennessy? Heck yeah. I'd much rather him, I'd much rather drop a rookie in that I know is a high caliber player than my in-house option. We talked about this yesterday. There's not a lot of good in-house options for this team now. And again, if things don't work out for the long term with McGarry, or if you decide after a couple of years to cut Caleb McGarry or just move on from him, then again, you have your solution to put at your outside tackle. And we discussed this before. I know I've discussed it on radio and podcasts and all that kind of stuff about the idea of Panay Sewell. You could have played Panay Sewell at, at right tackle with Jake on the left, moved McGarry inside to left guard, see what you have for two years in McGarry, and then make a decision on him from there. And then in a couple of few years, you could swap Jake over to the right-hand side of tackle, put Panay Sewell on the left, voila, you know, we've got our offensive line figured out. And, and we could evaluate everybody a little bit better. So... Listen, Paris Johnson, I like him very much. I think he's a really good player. I wouldn't mind having him. But it's good to see that, you know, a guy like a Paris Johnson talked about having one of his three preferred teams to be drafted by is the Atlanta Falcons. Let's see if we can keep that momentum going with free agents, draft picks, and everything else. Because the more good players that want to come here and play, the better that this franchise is going to be. All right, well, thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Chuckery your first listen every day. Make sure you make Locked On Sports today your second listen. Biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Um, you can follow them on Odyssey, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast from. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. Now up over 6,100 folks on our YouTube page. We thank you greatly for being a part of our ever-growing community always hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. You can get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. And then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you on Monday. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.